great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Welcome to the Man Cave Chronicles. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles podcast, a podcast of top culture where everyone has a story. My guest this week, comedian and fellow Greek, Mike Kudrobis. Mike, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. Yourself? All right. You know, welcome to the welcome to the cave. That's what I've been telling everybody lately. I like that. That's a good phrase. There you go. So, uh, what's new with you? What's uh, what's going on for 2018? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, the dream of 2018 is to, you know, uh, get a, a special somewhere. But I'm happy to be uh, full time employed as a stand up comedian, which uh, which is hard to do these days. Yeah. So, um, I mean, stand up stand up comedy is one of my biggest uh, passions. You know, I like watching almost everybody out there, and you know, even you know now Netflix, you can watch stand up all day long. But we'll yeah. talk. We'll talk about that. Uh, first, let's uh, let's get a little backstory on you. Uh, where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Nashua, New Hampshire, and uh, pretty much stayed in New England my whole life. I've lived in York Beach, Maine for a few years, Salem, Mass. So I probably stayed within an hour of Boston at all times. Yeah. And you travel a lot into Boston to do comedy. I do, yeah. I mean, a lot more when I started out now, you know, the shows could send you to Bangor, Maine. I was up in Plattsburgh, New York two weeks ago. I mean, you never know where you're going to go. Yeah. What, um... So were you like a class clown in high school? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I definitely was the kid that did, you know, unusual things at talent shows. Uh, I remember fifth grade, I did belly whistling. Uh, don't ask. Uh, you know, and so I always just do stuff like that. I was never the jock. I was, uh, and no offense to me, but I was never that smart. So I was just goofy. I uh, never, never thought it would become a career someday, but it did. Uh, and then at age 16, I got a job as a uh, costume character at an amusement park one summer. And uh, I met a guy that was the performing clown there. He did magic shows and juggling. And I said, wow, that stuff's pretty cool. I'm going to I'm gonna try to learn what he does. So I played with his stuff, juggling and, and things like that, and became a professional clown by the end of my being 16 years old. Wow. Started doing that for a living. Uh, when I graduated high school, I got hired by an amusement park in Maine to be the performing clown seven days a week throughout the summer season. So I didn't, uh, I graduated high school literally that day, moved up to Maine to start my entertainment career. Uh, throughout that, I tried uh, karaoke and hosting karaoke. And then I became like the guy that would just host a comedy show, like, hey, welcome to the club, everybody. you know. And then I started cracking jokes just with the audience. And an agent came up to me one day and he goes, hey, do you, do you, do you have any material? And I go, any what? He goes, material, jokes, things written down. I go, no, I just, I just make fun of people. And he goes, try to write things down and, and, and I could probably get you some work. So I wrote stuff down. I did my first open mic night in 1993, Stitches Comedy Club in Boston. And uh, I was horrible. <laughs> I was absolutely horrible. Yeah. Actually, I have it on tape. And, <laughs> Do you ever watch it? I ha It's probably been 10 years since I have, but uh, every once in a while, I used to go back to it and watch it and go, look, you got better. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got to know only because, you know, like we said, we've talked off the air before. And I'm Greek, you're Greek. 
how did it go when you told your parents, you know, oh, I'm going to go be a clown or I'm going to go do this and stand up comedy and all that stuff? How did you did you grow up like in that strict Greek environment? Thank God, no. Uh, so you're one of the lucky uh, my ones. Dad, I am. I am. My, uh, my dad's a Greek and his side of the family is my mom's Catholic. And, uh, you know, so and she was just she's always been that woman that said, look, honey, if it makes you happy, you should do it. Which is phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've always had the most random jobs and the most supportive family ever. Yeah. So your dad wasn't like, what the hell are you doing with your life? No, I mean, he looked. He, he was the guy that had the same job since the day he got out of college till the day he retired. Yeah. You know, but, but he was also the guy that said, look, don't save all your money because when you die, someone else gets it. <laughs> so, yeah. so he was a little looser as far as things went. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, my my parents, you know, they're that old, strict Greek. You know, they came from Greece and everything. You know, my dad worked at a factory all his life, and you know, he's a he's a penny pincher. You know, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a fellow comedian, uh, Chris Dimitrakopoulos. He ninety uh, percent of his act is about his Greek father, and it's all that type of stuff. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? This is better for you. Like, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I can write down probably a whole book on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So uh, so you started writing material. And uh, from there, uh, how did you uh, pursue stand-up comedy more? You know, it, you know, back in the day uh, when I started, it wasn't like today. Like, like when I started, there were, there were sign-ups. You signed up and you hopefully got on a show once a month. Or you'd go to a club and you get on the waiting list that night. And if they, if you got there in time, you might get five minutes if there wasn't 47 guys ahead of you. So for the first almost 10 years of comedy, I did it. I don't know, a dozen times a year, maybe, you know, I I didn't really get into it. I just thought it was fun. Uh, Whereas nowadays there's six open mic nights per uh, every night of the week. You know, down in Boston, there's got to be, I would say, five a night in Boston alone somewhere. Yeah. So so back then, I just, I, I would do it, and I never really took time to start writing. I would just go, oh, maybe I'll try talking about this next time I go on stage. So as that progressed, I started going, okay, that kind of worked tonight. Maybe I will write that down and try to work on that part of it more. So I've never, I've never sat down and said, tonight, I'm going to write a joke. I would just randomly talk about something that either happened to me or I thought about. And if it, if it became something that seemed interesting, then I would start to elaborate and write later. Okay. But I never sit down and go, uh, today I'm going to write about, Oh, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts and start writing a joke. Like I can't, I can't do that for some reason. Yeah. So your material is more of like, you know, things that happen to you in life. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's from relationships to, to childhood, to my parents, it is. It's literally, it's not, I'm not as observational as some comedians talking about traffic jams and, and it's, it's just not my style. Yeah. So now you performed all over New England. Have you performed like outside of New England also? I have. Uh, I work in Atlantic City uh, at least once a year at the Borgata, uh, which is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's night and day from any club you've ever been in. It's a huge theater on a Tuesday night. You could have 700 people sitting in the wow. crowd. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and then I've done random things from New York. Uh, I've performed in Florida. Uh, I was out in Milwaukee for a weekend last year. So I'm starting to 
look into it more. I don't want to be a road comic. I don't want to be on the road all the time, but uh, it is nice to get out and go to different uh, different areas. Yeah. So, like, what's your, uh, like, ultimate goal? You know, every comedian, I can't say every, but I would say a good majority of comedians would love a sitcom. We'd yeah. love a sitcom someday. Yeah. Steady work being funny. I mean, it, it, it would be a dream. So, so I do. I act a lot. I got friends that write, whether it's independent films or, or you know, they want to do some clips about something. And I've been trying to do more of that stuff in case, in case the, you know, someone ever comes knocking. Uh, I have a little skill to go with it. Yeah. I mean, I know you've done cameos, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, what are some of your yeah. favorite spots that you performed in New England? You know... For a while, it was always the clubs because you think, you know, when you're coming up as a comedian, you're going, God, I want to get into Giggles Comedy Club. I want to perform it, you know, and you think of all these names and then you get there and you go, oh, that was cool. Some of my favorite places are dead animal lodges, Moose Lodge, Elks Lodge, people that are drinking, you know, $2 beers yeah. and just want to have fun. And they're very blue collar and their expectations are really low, which makes my job a little easier. So I'm a big fan of the little people in the outskirts. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm from Western Mass, and I'm, I know we're talking about, like, you started out in the in the early 90s, but I graduated high school in 95, and I went to college, and then I had a friend that we used to go, we used to come up to Boston all the time, like in the, you know, mid-90s, late-90s, because uh, Boston uh, was the comedy connection at the Faneuil Hall. Oh, my, one of my favorite places. I loved it until it closed. I couldn't believe it closed. Yeah, it was it was brutal because it, it was seven nights a week, and uh, a, a bunch of local headliners each had a night of the week that was theirs, and you become friends with them, and they put you on your show, and yep. if you did well enough, they booked you on the weekend with a national act, and yep. yeah, oh, it was the greatest place to go hang out and, and really learn the skill. Oh, yeah, we would go there and see Dane Cook before he blew up, and I... Uh, we oh met, yeah, and we met Robert Kelly, and Robert Kelly was an awesome guy to talk to. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a really good dude. Still and, is. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to get him on for a while. Um, so now you, I know you performed at Mohegan at Comics. You go there. Seems like you go there often. Yeah, I'm, I'm in there quite a bit. So uh, they usually use me to feature for some of the national acts. Uh, which is always fantastic meeting some of these guys. But then I also headline uh, certain Wednesdays or Sundays or on a Friday night late show, I could be hosting their after hours, uh, dirty family feud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they use me a lot, which is fantastic. Yeah. Who are some of the comics you've opened for that, you know, you loved working with? You know, uh, as a, as a person that uh, grew up in the eighties and nineties, uh, Bob Nelson was probably one of my cooler ones. You know who Bob is? He's from Boston, right? Bob, or no? Uh, Am yeah, I, I think he of... was. Uh, he's no, I think he, Bob. Bob lived in Boston for a while. He did uh, uh, the football player guy that came running out as all the different football players. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was a he was a big in the eighties and nineties. So he was a cool novelty. I've opened for Gallagher. Um, I honestly don't know if it was Gallagher or his brother. I swear to God, I have no idea which one it was. Uh, I've worked with Gilbert Gottfried. So these are some of the old school guys that yeah. I've opened for. Uh, some of my newer favorites, Tom Cotter, who yep. came in second on America's Got Talent. Yep, I got him coming uh, on in a few months. Oh, he is just awesome. As a person, his wife is fantastic. I've worked with her a few times. Um, so, yeah, so he's one of the good local ones. Uh, Bobby Kelly, I've gotten to open for him twice. 
uh, once at Foxwoods before uh, the club went to Mohegan yeah. and once at a private event. And uh, again, like you said, he's just a good dude on stage and off. He's just really good. And um, and you also worked with uh, one of my favorites, Lenny Clark. Lenny, I work with all the time because uh, I book some small venues or, or private shows and uh, whatever I can, I try to get Lenny on there. I usually work with him at least twice a year just for myself. And then sometimes I get lucky enough to get uh, put on a sideshow with him, which yeah, is amazing. I met, it was funny. Uh, good Lenny Clark story. Years ago, I went to Foxwoods and uh, I went to use the bathroom. And all of a sudden, he's like, he, come, he comes right in there. And I'm like, that's Lenny Clark. And this was Lenny Clark when he lost all the weight and everything. And so I went back out and I told my wife, like, hey, that's Lenny Clark. I want to go talk to him when he comes out. So he comes out. We start talking. And we had to, he's, you know, we're talking about how we all we went to, went to the same college. That's how the whole thing started, too. Like, you know, I went to a Okay. I took a semester at AIC and he went there. We started talking. He even offered me tickets to his show. And it was like such a great guy. But I couldn't stay that night to to see his act and everything. But yeah, he, we, he must have sat there and talked to us for like a half hour. So the good thing about Lenny, so I'll give you a quick Lenny story. Lenny will go to an event seven hours early if you ask him to, to, to meet and greet, to sign stuff. Yeah. But when Lenny says his last joke, there is somebody outside with the car running. And he walks out the door, gets in the car and goes home. Why is that? You know, he's just done. He's, you know yeah. what? He's just, he's, he's exhausted from, yeah. from, I mean, you've seen him on stage, the energy yeah. oh, he yeah. puts out there. So that's why he says, he goes, look, whatever you guys need, I'll do it. But when I'm done, I just, I, I want to go. Yeah. Um, I worked in a bit Mohegan uh, about a year ago for four days. And uh, it, it was skinny Lenny, obviously. He, uh, he went to the gym during the day. Then he would do the show. Then he would go to a 24-hour gym at, like, midnight and work out again. Yeah. Like, it's it's amazing the uh, discipline that guy has. Yeah. Well, it's actually kind of funny. That day that I met him, uh, after, like, an hour or two, all of a sudden, he's, like, jogging throughout the casino. That's what, that's what his workout <laughs> was. He's just headphones on. I'm not, I'm not joking. Headphones right. on, and he was just, you know, bolting. And, uh, actually, right. like, um, have you performed in the... One of my favorite things that comes out towards Boston, I've never been to it because it's always like an odd night that I can never go, is comics come home. Oh, so they only, besides, see, I don't count Lenny in this, they only bring on one Boston comedian per year. Okay. So, so you know, Lenny, again, Lenny is not considered, he's just part of that core group. Uh, but they bring in one Boston comedian and they go to the Giggles booker, who's Mike Clark, Lenny Clark's brother. And, uh, and he gets to choose, you know, and a lot of times it's based on, you know, uh, who's doing well at that time or who he wants to push out there. And I'm just, I'm just not in the loop enough. I'm on the, I'm like the third yeah. squad team, yeah. I'm like, you know, so, so <laughs> it's, but so yeah, I, I, there would be a dream. It's one of the, I mean, you're, you're in the garden in front yep. of yep. tens of thousands of people. Uh, I would lose my mind to do something like yeah. that. That's actually kind of funny that you said it now they only pick one person because they used to be more local comedians and, uh, you know, people that have come out of Massachusetts. So they must have changed. Uh, yeah. So they must have changed. Well, them, now Dennis gets the big people. Yeah, they yeah. did. So Dennis brings on, you know, I mean, look, he's he's getting people like Fallon and, yeah, exactly. and Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. And, you know, so he's, he's just bringing on the bigger names that are friends of his now. Uh, to, to make it a big event. But again, then he still puts on his Bobby Kelly's yep. and Lenny's on every year. Uh, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. So he I, puts together an amazing show. The lineup's never bad. Yeah. Now you've done cameos in movies and have you done TV shows too, or just movies? 
Uh, so as far as TV shows go, I've, I've done d- deep background on a couple. I had a really good uh, featured role on a sitcom that never got picked up. Um, you know, so, so yeah, yeah. Chasing Life was the one TV show that I was, I was background a couple of times. You might catch the back of my head if you don't blink. Uh, and then there was a, a pilot called Broad Squad. It was about the first female officers in Boston back in like the 50s or 60s. And uh, I played one of the lead cops. So we shot a couple episodes and it just never got picked up. Yeah. But now you've done movies too. You've done a, you've done a few cameos in movies. I have. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of background work in probably 30 movies. But I've had uh, two speaking roles, one that has come out, one that has not come out yet. The one that came out was Bleed for This, the story about Vinny Pazienza, the boxer out of Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, I was the ring announcer for the main event match at the end of the movie. Oh. So that was really cool. Yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. I mean, I ring announce MMA on the side anyways, so it wasn't like it was a, a stretch for my acting ability. Yeah, uh, yeah um, actually, I was going to bring that up uh, in a little while. And, uh, yeah, so... so Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, so so yeah, so I had that. Then the other one's called Alter Rock, where I uh, play a DJ, which again, I I'm a DJ on the side, so not a stretch, but I have a small role in that movie. Yeah. Now uh, you're also uh, this is one of my favorite, like not fa- like a favorite movie. You know, it didn't do well, but uh, here comes the boom. Oh, I thought it was a great. movie. So did I. Like I even bought it on Blu-ray and everything. My wife's like, like if it's on, a, if sometimes it'll be on an FX, and I just leave it in the background. She goes this again i'm like it's kevin james come on <laughs> right right yeah no th- that was fun to make uh i got to do a lot with that only because i work for a uh, an mma league so we used one of our cages for one of the fights so i got to be there like all day setting up the cage while kevin was practicing his fight moves in there yeah. so i get to spend a lot of time there i had coffee with henry winkler while we were there oh, uh yeah awesome. just it was the most that was probably my greatest uh i'm, I'm not starstruck but meeting him was pretty monumental i mean it's the fonts yeah you know what i mean and i went up to him and i did the smartest thing ever uh everyone i'm sure brings up you know happy days i had just read a people magazine the day before and i saw this little article about his son that was now directing Okay. So I went up to him at the coffee line and I go, Hey, I go, Mr. Winkler. And he goes, he goes, excuse me, it's Henry. And I'm like, wow, floored right there. And I go, Hey, I just wanted to say congratulations to your son. I go, it's great that he's uh, making the move into directing. And he turned to me as if to say, thank God. Someone's not asking me about <laughs> happy days. Yeah. We had a 20 minute conversation about his son and directing and movies. And it was just amazing. Yeah. He seems like he's like a down to earth guy sweetest man i've ever met on a movie set now um so how did you get involved in the local mma like how did uh because i know i've seen i've seen pictures with you doing announcing on instagram yep um it was probably 10 years ago uh you know i was looking through craigslist for side work and uh it said looking for commentators ring announcers ring girls and, and other staff for a new mma league I said, oh, I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I, I, I got a good voice. I got a very deep voice. So I'd never done it before. So I went up to this little studio where these guys were, and they go, have you ever done this before? And I go, as a joke, I go, you guys remember those rides at the carnival where there's a DJ in the booth and the ride goes forwards and backwards? They go, yeah. I go, I did that when I was a teenager. <laughs> so, 
so they go so they go all right here's uh here's the script go ahead and read it and i just belted it i just did ladies and gentlemen welcome and i did the whole thing and they go can they go we'd like to give you the job without even interviewing anyone else wow so yeah so i started working for them for like seven years before they sold their company but now i'm back doing ringside commentating for the people that bought some of their equipment okay so you, do you do it often uh every like three months they uh they have another event yeah. now uh you're are you the owner of the laugh new england also i am so tell us a little bit about that you know so as a comedian uh it, it's hard enough to get booked through people so a lot of times we we want to book our own shows you know so i started kind of doing that uh reaching out to people for fundraisers or going to this bar and trying it and finally i came up with a name i just go uh all right laugh new england there it is i don't know where it came from just came out one day so that just kind of came uh <clears throat> the title of my company so now we do fundraisers uh we book uh again we do like a weekend with lenny every summer at a couple of golf courses uh, so not as big as I'd like it to be, but it's a slow growing process and it's yeah. doing pretty well. Hey, all, all it takes is just a little hustle and, you know, just keep working on it and eventually you'll, that, yeah, you'll get, you'll get it where you wanted it to be. Absolutely. That's the plan. Yeah. And now, uh, you also work, you're a writer for the Steve Kotzel shows out in Boston, right? I am. So how did, uh, how did all that yeah, I, start? Um, well, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a late night talk show run in the basic format of any talk show. It's got a, a guest or two at the beginning, a comedian, a musical guest. So uh, about eight years ago, he reached out to me on Facebook and said, hey, we'd like you to be a guest on the show as a comedian to do a five-minute set. I said, sure. So I go on there. I had a good time. It was really well-done production for cable access. So I was pretty impressed. And then uh, I ended up staying late and chatting with the host, Steve, and uh, – and he goes, hey, you know, we're always looking for, for new comedians. Could you help us kind of book some? Sure, why not? So I finished out that season helping. And then uh, and then season three, he said, hey, we'd like you to be the comedy producer. You'll book all the comedians for the season. You'll come here. You'll pre-interview them and get them ready for the show. And that was great. And as years went on, I became the... Uh, uh, associate producer. I'm now the supervising producer. So I pretty much oversee the running of the whole production while it's going on. Uh, and I brought on friends of mine who are now the comedy producers. Uh, so yeah, it just, and, and now he's in, he's all over the U S it's on in Australia. Uh, oh, wow. it's pretty big for, for, for a cable show. Yeah. Well, um, how long has he, has that show been going on for? Uh, we're, we're just finishing up, uh, season nine. Okay. And how many, uh, do we do one episode? Like, did you guys do just one show, uh, a week or how does that work? Yeah. It's one a week. He usually does uh, between 12 and 15 episodes a season. Okay. So is he like, uh, and, uh but, what, so what kind of guests does he usually bring on? Well, uh, so let's see. He's had people from, uh, governor Dukakis. Yep. He's had Rex trailer on who was a big thing in like the sixties and seventies. He's had uh, Governor Deval Patrick on, but then he also brings on like local authors. Uh, most of the bands are Boston-based bands. Some of them are opening for bigger acts, but it's more the little people. But then we've had on Lenny Clark, Tony V, Steve Sweeney, like the big Boston-named comedians. Yeah. So uh, we've had a lot of actors on. We've had uh, some of the people, local actors that were in movies like The Fighter. 
we had the author on that wrote um, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, okay. which is a big series for kids. Yep. So, yeah, he gets some decent names on there from time to time. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, I, remember, I think I've seen it on, well, it used to be on UPN. I don't know what channel will be on now in my area because that channel has changed names so many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely has. But it, it's also online, right? You can watch it online. Yeah, you can go to stevecassos.com. Uh, there's clips on YouTube. There's, uh, if you go to live stream, it has a, its own channel. So yeah. it's definitely out there. All right. And uh, is there anything else you want to tell the listeners before we finish this? Um, you come check me out, MikeKComic.com. Um, and actually, I'll be out in your neck of the woods hopefully soon. There are some friends of mine are opening up a comedy yep. club out in Chicopee. Yeah, the laugh uh... I mean, um, the loft, the loft, the loft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. uh, hopefully I, hopefully I can get out there soon. I talked to the guy the other night, so it'll be nice to get out there. Yeah. I'm looking forward for that, for that comedy club to open again. I know you were here at the last one that it was in Chicopee, but it closed like a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And it was a great little room. It was a good startup for those guys. Uh, but again, look in this industry, everyone's trying a room. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful at how many people do try to do it because uh, it just gives me more and more work. So yeah. you never know what it's going to tell. And uh, and one last thing, uh, this this May, I believe, on Hulu, uh, I got a uh, small part. I, t- I can't believe I d- forgot this. Stephen King has a new TV series coming out on Hulu called Castle Rock. Yeah. And uh, I play I play one of the uh, prison guards at Shawshank Prison. Nice. Yeah. It was, it was actually filmed in uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, it was filmed. In, most of it was filmed in Orange, Mass. That yeah. was the that was the town of Castle Rock. That's yeah. what they used it for. So you should see me hopefully in a couple of episodes of that, depending on if I made the cutting room floor or not. There you go. All right. And how can the listeners find you? Uh, yeah, if you go to uh, all my social media links are the same. Twitter, Instagram, and website are all Mike K Comic. All right. It was. Uh, thanks for coming on. You know. You could be one of those uh, guests that comes on uh, more frequently. We'll talk about comedy and, you know, the comedy scene in New England. Absolutely. would love to. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Follow them on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll catch you next time.